Speaking of Mahomes, first or er, fuck. Sorry, you, you do English much? <laughs> he's better. He's best. Fuck. He's bested me. Oh my god. He's in my head now. Speaking of uh, Mahomes. To the fucking intro. I'm so mad right now. Just, I can't <laughs> I think that's a good cold open. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the booth podcast. Carve can't speak, but we'll keep it rolling. This is the local sports show. We are back once again to talk a little outside of the local world in some college football. But before that, we will talk a little local sports. I am joined today by, of course, you heard him on the intro. He's got a match. Kalen McFadden Carver is burning down his house. I'm a little chapped. I can't speak right now, but I am here. I'm here. I'm not, I'm happy to be here. I'm not happy that, you know what it is? There's a little behind, there's a little inside baseball. I didn't do the warmups. Oh. Tip Tip of the tongue to the lips, you know, but it's okay. We're here and we're rolling. I feel good. We got a great national championship game last night. We're here to talk about it. Yep. And as always on the local sports show, a main resident of the show, it is Mr. Davey O'Doyle. How's it going today, Dave? Well, better than Carve, Matt. I can uh, speak English. So, I mean, it's good. That's always a bonus when you can speak English. We will start things off today with the local sports segment of the local sports show. I think if you're from Saskatchewan, the headline of the week was the signing of Riders defensive end A.C. Leonard, CFL sack leader in 2021, back with the Riders for two years great to see yeah it's, it's kind of a big signing for to have two years yeah i mean a lot of these cfl deals are like a year right that's kind of the standard and to have a guy who misses three games and still leads the league in sacks it's big to it's a big step it's a big signing to uh, make sure our defense is is right and dominant again uh, leading up to that great cup in regina that we keep alluding to here yeah well we talked about it i believe a few weeks ago right after the great cup and the cfl and the CFLPA both recognize the issue of this league has too many short-term contracts. Right. It's not good for the league to have one and two year deals and that's it. Yeah. With majority of them being one, the riders have 50 free agents this year. Yeah. 50, 50. Oh that is the most God. in the league, but it's an average of 38 players per team are free agents. Okay, so I have a okay, so I mean, if you pay attention to this podcast or know me in real life, you know that I'm not a big CFL guy, but <clears throat> maybe there's more people out there like me that I that don't know. But how, why is that? Like, am I stupid or why is there so many short term deals? A, yes, you are stupid, and B, take away rich. Fuck. <laughs> he's he's thwarting me at every turn. So the real problem is no money in the CFL is guaranteed. No contracts are guaranteed. So no matter what, from a team end of the spectrum, every year is a one-year deal because you can cut a player without penalty. So players don't want to sign for more than one year because there's no benefit. There's no guaranteed money. 
there's no security. There's no job security or anything. Every year is just a one-year deal from the team side of things. Interesting. Has it always been like this? It has. Um, Guys used to be more kind of faithful to their, to their, to their teams when the NFL didn't put as much interest into the CFL. You didn't always see guys going down South, but now guys see that opportunity a lot. So they don't want to be stuck with a team for too long. The CFL now does have an NFL window and teams are really good about releasing guys to go down to the NFL. We'll get into that later. But that is the real problem is the contract. So it's good to see a guy like AC Leonard get a two-year deal in. We've got him around for a couple years now. I think the big thing for the Riders is lock up a solid team for next year with the Grey Cup at home. But who doesn't want him for two more? There's no way we're not winning that. If we don't, it's going to be a huge disappointment. Agreed. Speaking of Grey Cup 2022, we got to push it as always on the Booth podcast. We got to push our halftime show angle, Dave, don't we? So it's a little early to hear any uh, Grey Cup halftime announcements, but if it's not Nickelback, I'm going to play it on my phone and I'm going to burn down the the Grey Cup celebration. That's all I'm saying. It needs to be Nickelback. We are starting this as the booth. We are starting hashtag Nickelback Grey Cup 2022. We need Grey Cup the Grey Cup halftime show to be an all-time rock act like it was last year in Hamilton, hometown, the Arkells, they did an amazing job. Who's the who's what's, the what's this face, Dave? Did you not like the halftime show? Well, I mean, it was it was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm saying you're gonna say that's like it. that was an all-time rockin' halftime show. Not rockin', it was it was, already, it was a solid. Alt rock, yep. Squad that came in there. They've been rumored to be the halftime show in Hamilton. Whenever it finally got to Hamilton, you knew it was going to be the Arkells, and they didn't disappoint. Relentless, like a dog on a bone. Yep. Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Dude, saying- you tell me that wasn't pure electricity. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is. It's tough to compare anything when you've had Nickelback to your halftime show before and yeah. rock the country's pants off. That's all I'm saying. And Dude, we all just want to be big rock stars. A hundred percent. And it's not hey, just us. It, it is not just the booth that wants to be rock stars because there is a lot of people pushing for this. And we as the booth are going to get ahead of it. We are going to push the CFL. Any CFL exec, if you are for some reason listening to the booth podcast, thank you. Thank you. And just know that we all want Nickelback for Grey Cup in 2022. And if well, you can't, if you can't get Nickelback, man, get like, what's Michael Bolton doing? <laughs> this is going off the rails. Okay. I know. Just, I'm just saying it is a contingency plan. Nickelback won. Nickelback Michael with Bolton. Plan B being Michael Bolton. Okay. <laughs> um, I like it when we record late. <laughs> The, the weekend's Canadian, dude. Let's let's really dude. sell out. Let's okay, out. okay. Nickelback, the weekend, both are occupied for some reason. Hey, Michael Bolton, what are you doing? Or seal? 
There's a reason I don't come on this one during the CFL regular season. We're gonna have to have like some weeks. We're gonna have to come you have you come on and just talk CFL because it's just the the voice. I thought you were gonna say just talk seal. (laughs) We now bring you the seal segment from Kaylin. You guys. Did anybody else watch the Batman Forever Seal Kiss from a Rose music video today? Or is it just me? Was it just me? Oh, dude, I'd love to come on Talk CFL. Talk uh, talk what I know. Exactly. And it's it's good to have that kind of voice of a guy who doesn't know the CFL as well as others. It helps us bring it down to people who are trying to find the CFL like a guy like you. Well, like when when like when you guys are talking about like the two-year deal and stuff and the last time I was on here we were talking about um oh I can't quite remember the topic but like a lot of the stuff you guys are used to seeing but it's like I've only ever watched the NFL so it's like okay break it down for me layman's terms like why is this is this always how it is like a two-year deal or a one-year deal in the NFL is just I mean it's commonly referred to as taking a flyer on a guy and it's like apparently that's the norm so it's it's helpful to to have you guys talk to yeah so it's interesting we'll see what the cfl does both sides the players and the league understand there's an issue with contract length and there's mutual interest to get something done about it whether that's going to be partially guaranteed contracts or something else i assume we'll see something happen in the near future carrying on with local sports though we did have a couple more rider signings that will make big impacts i believe in 2022 Number one of all being offensive tackle Taryn Vaughn, who missed the entire 2021 season with a shoulder injury, would have been a pivotal part of that offensive line. Will be great to have him back. Yeah, the word that comes to mind when you think of him is like stabilizing. Yeah, There was so much like turnover at the offensive line position, especially at his tackle spot, right? Yeah, We saw a lot of guys get reps and just to get him back, to get him on the field to stabilize that O-line is going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, the third signing that happened today was uh, defensive tackle Charvel DeBeer, um, a good interior defensive lineman, had a solid year this year in that rotation. Good to see him back too. Yep. I mean, we, we need as much depth as we can get, right, to get this team to the Grey Cup. So every little bit helps if you're going to contribute – whether it be as a starter, special teams, rotating in, you need to do your part, right? Yeah. What's um? A, what's the what's the roster size in the CFL? It is. That's a good question. It changes frequently. It just changed okay. last year. Um, it was forty six for a while, was it not? It was forty six. Now I believe it's forty five. Oh shit! Yeah, that's interesting because like that's. So you don't have a lot of backups. No, um, so it's a 45-man roster, and you ha- there's the Canadian ratio is a thing in the CFL, too. I knew that. You have that. to have seven starting Canadians, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And a certain number, I can't remember what the number is, of Canadians on the game day roster as well. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting league when you want to talk about rosters and things. It's a yeah. fun league to watch. No kidding. Like, that's 
that's very different there's from so much of a balancing act. and now with the global player program too there's a, spe- a, a specific roster spot for a global player outside of canada or the u.s which i mean it's i get it but it's also been a gong show at some points because some of those guys are so it has. that's been the brainchild of current commissioner randy ambrosi trying to make cfl 2.0 a thing and make it a global brand and all that stuff by bringing in international players it's a okay idea it's been a little bit of poor execution interesting a couple other signings around the cfl i saw today that lucky whitehead has re-signed in bc that was a he was a game-changing player for them you saw when he got injured last year and went out of the lineup that was the reason they didn't make the playoffs they were on a heater with him in the lineup he got injured they lost like four straight games. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see a guy like that. A couple of years ago, he's like a rising star, you know what I mean? And then just to yeah. see him absolutely pop off this year. Yeah. And then, like you said, you show how how good he was, how impactful he was to that offense and what they were building to see them completely kind of derail at the end of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to make a guy a centerpiece of your offense like that, kind of like Brandon Banks was for a bit in Hamilton, it's good to get him back under contract, right? Yeah. And a signing that hurts the hearts of Saskatchewan residents all over the place and Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans. I think we were all in our hearts hoping he might come home after winning two great cups in Winnipeg. But offensive lineman Patrick Newfeld has resigned with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I was in, I don't know. There's not much to say about it besides like, hey dude, why are you bumming us out? You had the chance. You had the chance to come home, Patty. Help us win one at home or just be like, oh, no, I'm going to stay in Winnipeg where the, the crime rate skyrockets. I love that. Sweet dude. Fucking right? gooch of Canada. Awesome. So he, he's an absolute traitor. In essence, yeah. In essence, yes. I hate him. <laughs> Can't win with it. <laughs> Won't win with it. Moving on from the CFL, it's been a rocky road here for the Regina Pats and the Saskatoon Blades with COVID issues. Everybody was ready. They were going to have a home-and-home series, I believe, last weekend. Very exciting that they're two teams are two and a half hours apart. Always fun when they play. And both teams were shut down by COVID, so... That was unfortunate to see. The Pats are back practicing now, so we should see some resumptions of play there very soon with those Saskatchewan rivalry games being rescheduled. Dude, thing is like COVID's just a bitch, obviously, but um, it sucks like... I mean, it sucks when COVID shuts down any sports league, but especially around here, it's like, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, I mean, you know, sports are such a huge uh, draw and attraction here. Like living in Saskatchewan, our most of our whole lives, like, you know, like people love their sports here. They love their local sports teams. And when it gets shut down and stuff, it's like, that's a huge blow because what else are we doing? You know, we don't, there isn't a whole lot. And oh. so 
we love our sports. What so when the they hell get are shut we down, supposed to do otherwise? Yeah, like if you if you <laughs> even like a city that's like not necessarily known for like having a lot to do, like I don't know why this is the first one that came to my mind. It's because Joe Burrow was talking about it, but like Cincinnati. Like you don't think of Cincinnati as like a nightlife, you know, high society town, but it's like there's don't, still fifteen. Don't slander, don't slander Cincinnati because no. I've learned I've learned by being so active on their Twitter. Hey, maybe it's not the most exciting place to go out, but the eating, like go out and have a couple of drinks or go have a good meal. Cincinnati's the lead, apparently. That's what I've heard. I believe it. Like a Midwest, yeah. Booth boys trip to Cincy. What's that? Booth boys trip to Cincy. You coming hey. next year, Rich? You come next year to the Bengals Ravens home game? Let's dude. do it. Booth we, on uh, location, NFL style. Dude, we're gonna we're gonna go to the Ravens Bengals Cincy home game because we wanted to go to that rivalry or that game, and then it came down to what city would we rather go to? <laughs> and for right now, <laughs> uh, we'll go to Cincinnati. I think so. Uh, boys. Staying on with the local sports part of it, um, we're getting ready for some curling action here. Hopefully, we don't get too many interruptions due to COVID there. We've already had the Olympic mixed doubles trials for curling canceled. Uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee will now choose a team instead of there being a trials event. Um, a couple other of the provincial playdowns have been canceled to um, the provincial curling associations are starting to assign teams, but we did have our playdowns in Saskatchewan and it did end up being Penny Barker out of Moose Jaw taking down Chelsea Carey in a 7-5 victory in Assiniboia. Penny Barker and her team will now move on to the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, I believe, at the end of the month or in February. I can't remember. Icy chili, dude. That is sp- – hey, some, some people might not know about our very own Rich Shonsby. Big curling guy. Big curling guy. Elite curling guy. And, man, curling is such a Canadian sport, but it's – if you understand the rules, it's – low-key very very fun to watch yeah it's a complex precise sport when you really go down to it it's not just throwing granite rocks down a sheet of ice it's so complex and it's if you can sit down and watch a couple curling games you won't regret it if you can really wrap your mind around it you'll have a good time Yep. Matt, Carl, do you remember when we lived with our one roommate who plays curling for the U of R? He's a curler. Mm-hmm. He's on the curling team. And, like, he had that tournament where he was sweeping all, all weekend. His back was, like, his back yes. and his shoulders were, like, the tightest thing I've ever felt, dude. It was it was disgusting. Like he, it, was, it was, like, touching – it was, like, touching granite, dude. It was unbelievable how tight his back was. I thought, he, I thought he developed scoliosis. Anybody who thinks it's just an easy sport and you don't have to put any effort in, it's not that athletic, you're wrong. I always kind of liked in school when we had our curling unit and we'd get to go to the curling rink and especially where we grew up, it was so close, but um, I'll I'll never forget like the one day I forgot we had curling. And so I wore my jeans, man. That's first, first time out of the hack ripped the entire inseam. 
Dude. It's not a sport for casuals. No. It's only for it's only for the initiated. Okay. I was that? I was a casual. Yeah. You don't belong out there. But we're we're hoping here if we can get in the works to have a little bit of curling action on the docket here for the booth. Yes. Maybe a little bit of the U of R U of R team coming up, some some big spiels. So we'll see if we can get some of that out. Yes. Little, uh, little teaser for you. Little mm-hmm. teaser. Curling is coming. Curling is coming. And I think that wraps up the local sports segment of the show. We will now move on to the main event from last night. The national championship of the NCAA. It was the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama rolling tide. And Kirby Smart got it done against his former boss. It's a Georgia win, 33-18. to What a game. That was awesome. And you were you were right about everything except for one thing. What did I? Is the Alabama Crimson Tide. What did I say? Alabama Rolling Tide. What the which hell is, was that? Which tide. is still electric. You could, yeah, you combine Roll, roll tide, tide. But he said tide. Rolling Tide, and I'm just <laughs> sitting there. I'm just like, hey, hold on, something wasn't right. <laughs> Dude, that was, like, that was like from last week, Green Bay Patriots. The Green Bay Patriots, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes when you have a lot of things to process, stuff comes out. Hey, no disrespect to anybody who has it, but I think we're all dyslexic, actually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like it when I have to, when we, there's so much with to say. So when many I get teams, flustered, I get dyslexic. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. That's the way it is. Um, what a good game. What a, Dave, you that were was, saying before this, that's what you, that was my favorite. That was my favorite national title game I can remember watching, truthfully. I mean, because the last three or four years have been stinky. They've been some stinkers. And then this one was just, it wasn't like it was bad offense even. It was just great players on defense making plays playing hard it was a fun game to watch man it really was and like watching that rich we watched it together and like the whole time i just kept thinking like we say it all the time of like you know how spoiled we are with talent and stuff watching that national title game how many nfl ready guys are just littered on that field so like on the defensive side of both teams, you know, you have Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, uh, Will Anderson, Henry, ooh, Henry, Henry T, uh, Jordan Battle. Battle, yeah. It's just uh, incredible. But shout out Kool Aid McKinstry. Hey, Kool Aid, nice. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. Lost. I mean, the one the one thing I've seen people bring up about this game is it does this game end up differently if Jameson Williams doesn't tear his ACL at near the midway through this game, right? Does this change, especially in that fourth quarter where the offense has really started to take their shots, right? Yeah, it wasn't that game. It was it was a slugfest. It was grind, 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 and then it, it was one of those games where the first touchdown opened the floodgates. You know what I mean? Yeah. After all those field goals, after all that struggling in the offense, boom. See, yeah. but then, and that, like, I've heard, I saw some, a couple tweets about that today too. But then it's like, it's tough to play that. And, and Lord knows I've, I've done it this year, but it's tough to play that. Well, if X didn't get injured. Cause yeah. then it's like, what if Georgia, like what if JT Daniels is out there? Does right. he just Absolutely. 
yeah. you know, it's just, but yeah, I obviously Jameson Williams, man, prayers up him and John Manchie both get healthy, come to the league. You guys are going to be studs. So yeah, I think that's the thing is get healthy before the draft. Right. Yep. That game was just a heavyweight battle for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, the floodgates opened. And you and me said it when we were watching it, Carb, was I feel like some teams forget they can score until somebody does. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we can do that too. And then it's just, boom, let's go. It's like this – it's almost – yeah, that's the only way to describe it is like it feels like teams just – body shot, body shot, body shot, body shot. And then all of a sudden that first touchdown – and hey, just to just to like, I don't know if it's to match them. I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, it's just touchdown after touchdown. And that's, I don't know, man. Like usually, we're so used to seeing in college football, fifty nine to forty two ball games, yeah, and all this stuff. And this wasn't necessarily a low scoring game, but anyone who watched that game knows that the score doesn't exactly reflect how good the defense was on both sides. I mean, Georgia's defense all year has been one of the best in college football history. Um, And Alabama is Alabama. Um, It was awesome. What a treat. I I feel like this game was a lot more like a true NFL game. It felt a lot more like watching an NFL game than usual because um, a lot of times college football, for me, for my liking, it misses the physicality aspect of football because it is such an air it out yard show for a lot of these games. It's so high scoring. You don't see this defense make plays in the trenches where it kind of matters, right? And for three quarters, this game was so much. Who's going to have the, the trenches? Who's going to be able to to outlast, you know, out-survive the other team? It felt a lot more like watching the NFL. And then the mental, the dam broke mentally for teams to figure out, yes, we can score. Yes, we should do that as well. And I think a lot of it maybe has to do with the fact that it was so physical. You know what I mean? The fourth quarter, everybody's, beat everybody's tired and then that's when you can start airing it out right there's that kind of aspect to it but it felt a lot more like an nfl game compared to like the pacing of a college football game is usually a lot more hectic right whereas yeah. this one felt very very paced very physical like an nfl game does i think part of that almost like i'm gonna kind of take leapfrog off that point there but it's like i think a lot of that nfl feel has to do with the fact that you look at these teams and like Okay, Bryce Young in a bit, obviously, in a couple of years. And left tackle, Evan Neal, okay? Um, but we didn't see Jamison Williams. We didn't see John Mechie. And you flip over to Georgia. Okay, James Cook, he's got a couple of years still here. Um, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, a couple of true freshmen. Stetson Bennett. There's not, a, there's not, there's a lot of young potential on offense, but we see so many NFL caliber defenders in that game that it's like, oh, these guys are playing NFL ball. Like, they're... We had a bunch of Micah Parsons flying around, but they're guys that can walk in day one and play. And yeah, it's weird because like in college football, it feels like the line of scrimmage is not as important, like yeah. nowhere near as important. And and that's why you see so many like almost not one-off linemen, but it's just like linemen from not irrelevant schools, but it's like because the line of scrimmage is not as important in college football, when you see a tackle that's absolutely dominating – or like Quentin Nelson, or um, when Eric Fisher got drafted, I think he was right. ooh, Eastern Michigan or something. It's like he, oh my, he pops off your screen because it's usually just, hey, let's throw for 600 yards. I think it's the same reason why edge rushers have 
got so big too is especially in, at that old line it's pretty easy to spot like when that clowny clip got viral before he went first overall when a dude blows a play up in the backfield that quick it's easy to spot because you don't see that you yeah. see tons and tons and tons of great catches and then it's up to you as an evaluator to evaluate the talent who why did this work did this work because of him what is his skill set but it's so much more obvious when you don't see it so much right and like we want to talk about a guy that just made an impact off the edge i know he lost but even saving was credit will anderson is going to be a problem in the nfl he's i mean it's not it's not a spicy chili take by any means but he is absolutely incredible and he is just every single it felt like every single snap he was five yards in the backfield and he was ready to make a play he was causing some pressure on stetson bennett um stetson always had to roll out to his right like it was just he's a freak and that's a guy that i cannot wait to see where he goes and and all that all that stuff yeah i think the interesting part of this game too besides that is it's not that the other alabama guys are bad and they didn't make plays because they did but it felt like it came a lot more of a team unit for the georgia defense you know what i mean a lot more everybody getting in on a sack or these TFLs or tracking people down, whereas it felt very Will Anderson heavy from mm-hmm. the defensive side of Alabama. And that's a big reason why they probably won, right? And they've been so good all year. Because you could say Nicobe Dean, both of those linebackers probably are going to be NFL ready. At least three of the four defensive linemen are going to be NFL ready to start, start and play for a job this year, right? It's so impressive to watch. And then Besides, they've been doing it all night, truthfully. But in the biggest moments when Bryce Young was trying to get it going at the end of the game to get back into it after that pick six, that defensive line suffocated him. He had no chance to make plays, right? I think this was... I think when we look at a a turning point for this game, when it really felt like, okay, here we go, was... 18 to 13 for Bama. And they jump off sides. And Stenson Bennett recognizes that and just makes that decision. I'm going to take a shot. And there it was. That was a great play. And then you go down, Bama's up, and you have the weird. I, that didn't look like a fumble, but now when I look at it again, it looks like a fumble, and Alabama somehow re- accidentally recovers the fumble, and that was what made it a game, too, and there were so many plays in this game that just made it an incredible game to watch. I, I honestly props to the refs for getting that fumble call right on the field. Like, watching that, I was like, how could they get that so wrong to say that that was a fumble. It was obviously an incomplete pass and that he recovered that ball. He was clearly out of bounds. Toe was on the line. And then you look at it in replay and I'm like, shit, nope, they got that 100% right. That was, <laughs> and I mean, I guess if we're, if we're being completely fair and honest, like we, the refs hear it nonstop when they make a terrible call, you know, yeah. it's, it's a thing, I guess on the flip side of the coin, you do have to give them props when they make one hell of a call. And that in real time, there was no way in hell that was a fumble that was recovered successfully by the defense. Upon review, that was amazing. 
yeah, great job. That was that was definitely impressive. I guess on a side note, not that's <laughs> I mean, congrats, the kid just won a natty, but like how does I saw this tweet and it's very interesting because it actually is real. It makes sense. How the hell does Georgia always end up with these QBs? Like Stetson Bennett, Jake Fromm. Like you're Georgia. Like yeah. you have Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Roquan Smith. You have Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. You have all these guys everywhere. And then they end up with just like subpar QBs. No offense. I mean, again, hey, what? who the hell am I to say? You just won a national championship, so yeah. good job. But just interesting. But I mean, yeah, do you, you actually do you actually know an elite quarterback outside of Matt Stafford that went there? That's like he's the only guy I could think of. Right. I saw a great tweet. I can't remember who tweeted one of the, the analysts, and it just was Stetson Bennett makes you regret your all-star quarterbacks. <laughs> but you have to give him an all-star defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, a little, there's a little asterisk with that. You want to surround him with like yeah. 50 all-stars. Also, yeah, Dalvin Cook's younger brother, uh, yeah. George Pickens. Uh, like, But, yeah, I mean, hey, maybe they're onto something. College is, is definitely different from the pros. Also, clip that because, obviously, but – that's, that's pros. a spicy that's a spicy take that is spicy chili college dude actually you know what fuck it not even give you the rest of my thought college is different from the pros that's it that's it that's <laughs> but, the statement <laughs> that's the statement but um like college you can win with like the all-star cast and your quarterback can be subpar the nfl like i mean nick Foles. Would have been the last, last guy to actually win. And even if you look at that, the quarterback they had that year was playing out of his mind, and then it was almost just a miraculous run. But it's like college, you can build a team of absolute animals all over except at the quarterback, whereas in the NFL, a lot of Patriots teams, I mean, the Chargers this year, you can have just the quarterback, the Raiders, and you can go somewhere which is it's interesting. Just a, a question for you guys that me and uh, one of our other buddies I was watching it with kind of noticed. It's so interesting that when you watch Georgia's defense, there has to be something about Kirby Smart motivating those guys because it seems like they play not reckless, but they play so fast, so intense. Whereas when you watch the Alabama defense, they play good, but they play, it seems like a more disciplined type tightened up defense whereas georgia plays like it's it's weird to say but animalistic they play like unhinged right dude that's funny you know you say that because i was thinking that exact thing almost in the sense that like it was almost like to draw another nfl comparison georgia was like derwin james or a buddha baker and alabama was more of a justin simmons jesse bates both are great both are great Justin Simmons, Jesse Bates, a little more. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a a motor thing or if that's just Kirby Smart motivated those guys. Like nobody thinks we can beat them. We're the underdogs, so we lost them already. We need this. We're not a failure program, and everybody came in hopped up. You know what I mean? But yeah, like if they did come in saying like if they if that was, I'd be willing to bet some of that was just pure like 
adrenaline motivation. Hey, this is it, boys. You can make your name. You know what I mean? And, and I wonder, I wonder too, if, sorry to cut you off a bit there, but um, no, no. if that comes from, that's all those Georgia guys, that's their first national title game. And yeah, most of that Alabama roster has been there. Title game, right? Exactly. Yeah. And they're, Saban's like, hey, you know, you got to think. Business as usual still. Though, right? business, almost as like Kirby Smart is saying. This isn't business as usual. This is our time, right? This is our time. And Alabama's like, just do what we always do. And yeah. we'll play our ball. And right. it's like, it makes oh. me wonder just because like, it just looked so, they were all doing their assignments, right? They're doing the right things. But it just looked like Georgia had that shot of, of crazy or whatever. Yeah. For lack of a better term. And Alabama just, they knew that they were great and they played great, right? But it just looked a little different, right? You think Nick Saban's a bad coach? I think he's a great coach. Clearly, you hate him. You hate Nick Saban, is what you're saying. How about the classy thing uh, Nick Saban did after the the presser, Bryce Young, and Will Anderson after that in that Mm -hmm. presser, right? To sit them back down, they want to leave and tell them how good they played, how proud he was of them. Like I said, that's the little stuff. Like, hey, let's be honest. If you're a college football coach, you're playing games. You have to play games because these are. These are incredibly talented, wealthy young men, and you have to you have to get the most out of them still, right? A lot of them might already be looking to the NFL, and he's playing games with them like, hey, these guys are going to run through a brick wall for me because they know how much I how much I care about them, right? Yeah. I want to go yeah. back to Stetson Bennett for a minute here, and I don't want to put too much draft talk in yet because oh, will. But- But it'll come. (laughs) But it'll come. Stetson Bennett's a senior. How much of a look does he get in the NFL? Has he done enough now? He'll get a look. I don't think he'll be a high draft pick. I think he'll get a look, though. Like, because of what he did on the biggest stage in those biggest two games, someone will put him on their roster. But like I said, I don't know how much of a true, like, I don't know if he'll ever be a starter or whatever, but he'll get a look. So the reason I bring this up. Oh, I I understood the tie. I'm ahead of on the local sports show is each CFL team has a negotiations list where they have American players that they can have they have sole rights to negotiate a contract with that player. Stetson Bennett is on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders negotiation list. Hmm. I think that could prove interesting. That's interesting because like they he has to have been on there for a while then. Yeah. Not just after this. So somebody in the Riders organization scouted him themselves. Props to whoever did that. Which is, which is interesting. What do they see? And like, when did they see it, right? That's what I wonder. Yeah. It was it when he was at the smaller school before. And they're like, whoa, this guy's way too good to be here. Let's keep our eye on him anyways. And then it just happened to go to Georgia and get the call and win the national title. Or has this been a current thing? It's interesting though. So Stetson Bennett, Grey Cup champion dynasty we'll see to 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 pay homage to someone else we know bring him home bring the kid home stetson benny in the green and white darts i love having carve on the local sports show (laughs) Uh, dude i man I love it. I love being here. I love talking to the NFL. I always love watching the NFL. But local sports, like, man, if Stetson Bennett comes to the Riders, 
I could go watch national champion Stetson Bennett play football. Well, let's back it off a minute. He's not an automatic starter in the CFL, but true. Stetson okay, Bennett so, would definitely I'm, I'm be Cody Fajardo's backup. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, put it into terms for me. Like, like, um, see, but that's impossible. Cause I guess let's, let's put it in terms of you. What do you think Stenson Bennett's role is in the NFL card? Like practice squad scout QB. That's probably his role in the CFL too. Yeah. We'll put it into that term. It's pro okay, football. What, what do you think? How do you think Davis Mills would do in the CFL? If he was the right, if he came to the right, what would he do? Considering that he's proven to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, he'd be a, a great CFL quarterback as long as he adjusts the rule in the ball, the right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So what do you think I would do? I think you'd tear your shoulder in the first game. I think you'd step in a gopher hole and break your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Those those cut deep. Those are deep pulls. Shit, I just got buried. Shit, dog. Neither of those things are lies. Hey, we can't all be stats and Bennett's, okay? We can't all be I don't think I'll ever tire of saying Stats and Bennett. The cool name. Stetson Bennett. Did you uh, see like, him like, this morning? Yeah, do like an 8 a.m. Good Morning America interview. He was like, I got – Michael Strahan was like, did you get much sleep? He was like, I got a couple of hours, and he tried to go into this conversation. I, I didn't get much sleep. <laughs> just, I, think he, I think he was probably still drunk. I don't even think he was at the hungover stage. I think he was probably still just that's hammered. So, that's so brutal for the kid, though. To be like, hey, did you just win the biggest football game of your life and you weren't even supposed to start it? Yeah. Okay, 8 a.m. tomorrow, kids. See you there. Yeah. Which I understand, hey, that's the life of a pro if you want to have it. That's but, nice. yeah. but like, tough. I see, and me and Dave have had this conversation a lot of times. I don't have that in me. If I just did the biggest thing in my profession that was available to me at my current age or, or you know, experience level, and then someone's like, let's talk about it tomorrow, first thing in the morning. I'm like, I'm good. I don't want it that bad. No. <laughs> I don't know. I just, crazy. Stats and Bennett, though. How about another, another LOL big moment of that game was when someone had a N'Kobe Dean, the Alabama championship <laughs> hat, and he just wore it for a while. Yeah. Because I remember I watched that. And I noticed it. I was like, dude, that's an Alabama hat. What is going on here? And I didn't see anybody say anything about it for a while. And then like an hour later, people were like, hey, did anybody else notice the Alabama hat N'Kobe Dean was wearing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's... sitting there and I was like, hey, whoever was hatting out the hats and you one slipped in there, A, that's brutal. And B, you gave it to one of your defensive captains. Yes. That's brutal. Dude, that's give, a... it, give it to your fourth string right end. Yeah, give it to one of the fucking... The dude standing on the sideline who redshirted, that's not going to matter. Nobody's going to see it except for if he notices it before he takes an Instagram photo, right? Mm. But you give it to the, the, the zoomed-up camera face of N'Kobe Dean. Oh, no. Yeah, wrong guy to give it to. 
they well, Kirby Smart took that guy out back and shot him. You know what I wonder sometimes? <laughs> what? Do you think Kirby Smart has the same hairdresser for all these years and he's just got the bowl cut? Kirby Smart goes to the same hairdresser as Mark Davis. You think he turns his visor backwards so that it's not in the way and then yep. he just puts it down low to the bowl cut, Mark, and he yep. cuts around? Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's how he gets his haircut. Yeah, and he just wears the same visor. And he's just like, yeah, you know where to cut. And after yep. like six cuts, the guy's like, hey, you don't need to turn the visor this time. I got it. I got yeah. it. He's never actually taken the visor off. True. Yeah. He probably had kids and they were conceived with his visor on. They came out and they're like, what? And they're like, that's, the doctor's like, that's, that's homeboy's excuse why he doesn't have to do forward play. He's like, my visor's just going to hit you. Let's just get right to it. Yes. He's straight up. The kids come out and the doctor's like, oh my God, there might be a deformity or something like that. Where it looks weird. And they come out with a little Georgia visor on. <laughs> and then any Kirby Smart sitting there, tears welling up. He goes, that, that's mine right there. That's mine right there. Yeah. From local sports to I the love college football national championship to Kirby Smart's children's birth. This has been a great show. But before we end, I did segue it a little while ago and we got to wrap back around to it as we kind of get into players getting drafted going to the nfl back to local sports for a minute former rider Braden lenius heading to the atlanta falcons on a futures contract good to see him get that done heading to the dirty birds just great for him good to see yeah, i mean it's good you always want to see guys get a chance and it's always i find it's always those weird cfl guys that usually make it not the ones you'd expect right it's not the all-stars always it's it's not andy fatus that makes it it's like a guy like eric harris somehow you're just like oh he was a good solid sam linebacker and then he turns into a a legit starting safety for eight years in the nfl right it's always those guys besides cam wake is there anybody else that's been i guess a cfl all-star and then also as an all-star in the nfl Warren Moon, maybe. Yeah. Doug Flutie. (laughs) Doug Flutie. Warren Moon. Like only like the biggest of big names have done it, and then it's like. You can name off Henry Burris, Bolivar Mitchell, Andy Fantu, so on so forth. Everybody you've probably liked. So El Mimian just gone there, cut right away. No, not good enough. And then, like I said, this guy's like Eric Harris, such a stick, right? Interesting. did Wes Cates ever make the transition? The fact that you know Wes Cates' name means no. Yeah. Wes Cates is my favorite rider of all time. What number was he? <laughs> Three. <laughs> no. <laughs> The fact, that, the fact that it's double digits and neither of them is three is bad. <laughs> bad stuff. Oh. I feel like a single digit number wasn't a good guess. <laughs> I, well, I was thinking CFL players, they can wear whatever they want. Yeah, like, they can. I, I just remember I got Wes Cates' autograph at a co-op. and That's a Saskatchewan like, statement if I've ever Oh, yeah. I, I guess, got Wes eh? Cates' autograph yeah, at a co-op. Co-op. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not nearly as bad as that because that one is a doozy. Like, keep that one in your brain. But, like, my favorite one was, dude, my favorite one, you want to hear a rider story? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I, these names might not mean much to you, Card, but Rich will get them. Okay. So, I'm in, like, grade, like, three or some shit, and my dad is like, yo, there's a linebacker that the riders had, Reggie Hunt, and my dad loved him. He's like, this guy's awesome. And he was the awesome. Reaper. Great, the Reaper. So we go and we're like, all right, let's go meet Reggie Hunt, the Reaper, right? So we go there and I get my picture with him and stuff and I get him to sign some stuff. And the other rider there was big old fullback Chris Zarka. Yes. And I don't remember why my dad didn't like Chris Zarka. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. So I decided, hey, I don't like Chris Zarka either. So I tried to fade Chris Zarka from signing my stuff. <laughs> I was like seven years old, dude. <laughs> oh, my dude. God. That's electric. You tried. I still have the. I still have the picture, and it's almost perfect because the way the sun beats on, like us. Yeah. Because Reggie Hunt is it's dark. It, he looks the same. I look like a little bit lighter because the sun's on me, and just the way the sun's hitting Zarka, he's almost completely whited out of the picture. It's all unbelievable, dude. <laughs> how how hard Jesus was also like, yo, let's fade Chris Zarka today, dude. <laughs> Wait, don't you have a Chris Zarka shirt? Dude, I'm gonna wait. I think he might be thinking of a shirt you're actively wearing. Yes, what I'm wearing right now. I'm trying to. I can, I can. I've seen you wear that. We've been friends. Hey, also, also, not to the day, but just because oh we're recording. Just because we're bring this one up. Just because we're recording. Just because we're actually record, gonna share that story. Not the story, but just because. Just because we're recording. I wanna. I wanna say. Me and Dave hit a decade of friendship this year. We've officially been friends for a decade. Uh, we can't, we can't ever, we can't ever bring up why, but we can tell Rich after. But um, I've seen you wear that shirt one hundred thousand times, and I, as soon as you said that last name, Cesarka, I'm instantly like, that's the name on the shirt. It's, no. it's not even really close. It's not the same side of the ball. It, they never played on the same team. The guy on my shirt was retired by then. Hey, they both played for the Riders, though. Nice. So maybe that's why I'm getting them confused. <laughs> well, we'll figure out. Take us Carb, out. Yeah. We'll we'll figure out if Carve ever figures out who is on Dave's shirt. No one but, tell me. Well, we won't. Fuck. That has been the Booth Podcast. We wrap up a great college football season, capped off with the Georgia Bulldogs taking down the Alabama Crimson Tide, 33-18. to 18. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Booth EC. Keep your eyes on the merch store. We're going to have yep. a bunch of new items coming out in the next week or so. I think we're going to have about six items coming out this in these next few weeks so get ready get ready for the booth store to be popping off as always thank you for listening to the booth podcast like share subscribe it all helps it all helps so much as always i've been rich he's been dave he's been carved and we will see you next time on the booth podcast is it kevin glenn